0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised.
1: On this week's Court TV podcast, as the hammer-killing murder trial continues in Florida, we look back on the blockbuster testimony of Curtis Wright, The admitted murderer who claims his best friend, the victim's husband, Mark Seavers, hired him to do the killing. Was his testimony credible, or did the defense convince the jury Wright is not to be trusted? We'll cover it all and the dramatic verdict and sentencing of Henry Segura.
0: This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan and Seema Iyer.
2: Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Seema Iyer, here with the man I am so thankful to co-host this podcast with and be on the television with, Vinnie Politon.
1: Great to see you, Seema. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy and Thanksgiving. I-, I can't believe how much justice we are serving up on Court TV during this time of year. It's unusual. I mean, in all the years that I've been associated with Court TV and other places that are covering trials, rarely... Have I seen court in session on the week of Thanksgiving and and leading up to the Christmas holidays? Well, this I is think... a time of year where everyone's supposed to you know take a break and take some pleas.
2: I think this is a great time to give a shout out to all of the people that make Court TV happen. And we do. We have these incredible assignment editors, trial trackers, and they're the ones who are scouring the country, literally. To find us these trials, we are really lucky. The people we work with are, are just dedicated and, and passionate about yeah.
1: what about what they're doing. And again, I'm surprised because in all my years of Court TV, never were we live in a trial this time of year. It's unusual, but it's happening. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Yes, Let's sir. Let's begin with a case that really I think the results of the case more controversial than any other trial since the relaunch of the network. Which is the case of Florida versus Henry Segura? Yes, Henry Segura found guilty of wiping out an entire family.
2: And He's- we were all on your show together, and our mouths collectively dropped. Absolutely we were stunned
1: because it's you know the trial took uh, more than a week. A lot of testimony, a lot of exhibits, and the defense had their own theory about what happened. Henry Segura charged with the murder of Brandy Peters, his girlfriend, who he's cheating on his wife with, their child who they had together, and her twin daughters. The children, the twins were six. His little son, Javante, just three years old, uh, accused of quadruple murder, but he said it was the drug cartel, but the jury said otherwise. Let's take a listen.
3: Versus Henry Segura, we the jury find as follows as to count one of the indictment concerning the murders of Brandy Peters, the jury finds the defendant is guilty of first degree murder. As to count two, we the jury find as follows uh, as to count two of the indictment concerning the murder of Tamaya Peters, the defendant is guilty of first degree murder. As to count three, we the jury find the defendant is guilty of first degree murder. As to count four, we the jury find the defendant is guilty of first degree murder.
1: And and this happened just three hours and forty-five minutes into deliberations. It was relatively short deliberation for the length of this trial and the complexity of it. So I, along with everyone else, was thinking, okay, probably a not guilty. But it was the exact opposite. It was guilty. Only six jurors, not twelve. Right. That was Henry right. Segura's choice. Uh, This was a retrial at his first trial. It was eight to four for acquittal. So the defense was feeling very confident going in. They wanted this resolved. He had served more than 3,000 days in jail awaiting for a final verdict in the case. And he got it and it was guilty.
2: But what was so funny is that my first instinct when there is a quick verdict is always this is a conviction all the time.
1: Right. Because most of them are guilty.
2: No, no, no. That's not it. It's just formulaic. When there is a quick verdict, it's a conviction. That's it. This is just from my experience.
1: I agree. That's Um, my experience as well. Okay. Absolutely. So,
2: but this time we all assumed the opposite because the defense put on such an extensive case because it was very rich in detail. in their theory that the Mexican drug cartel did it. But I think the prosecution, and this also fits into our theory of how prosecutors generally are more successful during the retrials because they are able to fix their mistakes. For instance, uh, this Angel Avila quinone's his DNA allegedly found at the crime scene. They brought in a DNA specialist to say, no, it wasn't his DNA. So that was one thing they did. And then they... Did a uh, interview with Angel Villa Cignones, and he said, uh, "No, I was never there."
1: And Cignones is an actual drug trafficker. Okay, this is well, a he guy. was. He was. He was an actual drug trafficker. Now he's not. Trafficker. Now he's in school. Okay, that's great.
2: Well, that's good. Vinny, he turned his I, life around. I'm just around. saying. I think you just need to be accurate okay. when you're telling our oh, he's listeners. He's in school over
1: in Italy. Is that where he's? In school? Yeah,
2: he's studying. I don't well, know what's he studying. Uh,
1: Parmesan.
2: No, maybe like pharmacological studies. Okay. I really don't know what he's yeah. studying, but he is studying, and he is in Italy. And that's um,
1: excellent. Better he's in Italy than the United States, number one. But number two, he was an actual drug trafficker. So his DNA allegedly being at the scene was huge. Yes. Uh, but again, uh, the prosecution was able to overcome that because they believed that was not his DNA. It was a mixture. And their specialist said, no, that's not his DNA. Jury believed it, did not believe it was reasonable that Quinones was there. Now, that was absolutely shocking to me right because there were so many things yet a couple of alleged confessions by other people involved with the case but none of it really panned out 100 percent for the defense obviously uh, as we see in but the verdict. But we thought
2: it was enough for reasonable doubt.
1: Right because they don't have to prove the case they just yes. have to present a reasonable alternative yes. to the prosecution theory
2: question mark right
1: which is what didn't I thought work. perhaps could have happened here but it didn't and and, and um, I believe the jury got it right, but that, that's besides the point. Yes. Let's listen, though, to Henry Segura, because this was a death penalty case. So now he's been convicted of quadruple murder, and he decides to put on no defense when the issue is not guilty, not guilty. The issue is life or death. Puts on no defense, so the judge has to question him about it.
3: Uh, do you wish them to make an argument in opposition to the death penalty? No, I did not. And what is your thinking on this? Uh, I'm thinking that whoever's we'll responsible for these crimes deserves death. Penalty. If they feel I'm guilty, then they should sentence me to death. Yeah. So you understand by taking this action, it, it's going to increase the likelihood that the uh, jury will come back and recommend a death penalty, and that ultimately um, I would order a death penalty if they so recommend it? Yes. Uh, And that's what you want to happen?
1: Yes. So this is another shocking moment in this trial where it's life or death. Everything on the line.
2: We have to talk about this. And
1: he says, don't make an argument for me. Don't present any evidence. Don't put on any family members. Nothing. Says nothing to the jury. I
2: am completely uncomfortable with this decision. However, the lead attorney, Nate Prince. Yes. Nate Prince. Nate Prince says that uh, he obviously spoke to Segura, spoke to the ethics committee, uh, which all lawyers have to uh, abide by their rules, as do judges, and they were okay with this idea of not presenting any type of case, any type of defense. And the reason behind it is that death, when people are in death row, those appeals are looked at first. That was their...
1: And, and, And amazingly, the jury said life. Unanimously said life.
2: What do you think about what he did? What they did?
1: I I think it was an emotional reaction to the moment. I think Henry Segura was, you know, he spent 3,000 days in jail and his reaction to all of this, and it means one of two things from my perspective, but I think it was a 100% not strategic but emotional reaction to the situation. The reaction is either, one, that he's completely defeated by the system, he believes he's an innocent man and there's no way I'm going to get out of this, so you might as well just sentence me to death, or... I know what I did and you know what? They got me. I committed quadruple murder. I deserve to be on death row. So it's one of the two. I think it's the former, not the latter. There's no way. I'm not sure. I'm not going to try to uh, read the mind of a convicted quadruple murderer.
2: No, but I'm saying as a lawyer. Right. I don't think that's just a, I just don't think that was a good idea.
1: Well, it it, it turned out to be great. And and this is what I want to ask you. What does this tell us about criminal defense attorneys? All right. At the guilt phase, the defense puts on this incredible <laughs> case. He is incredibly passionate. Puts yes. on witnesses. Is at times screaming and pleading with the jury and making all these arguments uh, and laying out all this evidence. And they find against him. Then in the penalty phase, he does nothing. Well, he's and tired. He wins.
2: He's tired. He needs a nap. Did you see how tired he is? He Look, was. He had bags under his eyes. But he was it seems stressed. Like, he was stressed out. Absolutely. He but it seems a break. like
1: seems like they had that the jury was making their decision regardless of what arguments which were made by we the attorneys. we see
2: all the time. Which is amazing in, to me. In all phases, sometimes jurors come up with reasons that we could not even surmise. So I, I, I'm just, I am not happy with the strategic maneuvering. But it maneuvering, worked out. But it worked out, and I do believe in the end justice was served.
1: Absolutely. Now, okay. we, we could spend a whole lot of time talking about what happens next. But at the end of the day, he's convicted. He has an uphill battle if he's going to win any appeal or try to get any sort of a new trial.
2: OK, now we are going to talk about the trial that we're covering right now here on Corey TV. And up next, I'm going to ask you the question. Will the swinging ways of Mark Sievers help sway his jury? To talk about that next.
4: Missing Maura Murray covers the mysterious disappearance of 21-year-old college student Maura Murray. In February of 2004, Maura drove three hours from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire and vanished. She has not been seen nor heard from since. Now, Two filmmakers set out to find answers to this mystery by diving deep into Maura's life, the region in which she went missing, and the online world of citizen detectives. Find the full archive on Stitcher Premium. Since producing over 100 episodes on Maura Murray's mysterious disappearance, the hosts are branching out to other missing person and unsolved cases as they promote the nonprofit Private Investigations for the Missing, which was started by the father of missing person, Brianna Maitland. Check out Missing Maura Murray on your favorite podcatcher now.
2: Florida versus Mark Seavers happening now on Court TV. Mark Seavers is the husband who is accused of hiring a hitman, getting his best friend to kill his wife beloved wife, Dr. Teresa Sievers. This happened back in 2015. Mark Seavers on trial now. Uh, there was a cooperating witness, his best friend, Curtis Wright. He testified against him. And just about a month ago on October 23rd, Jimmy Ray Rogers, who was the friend of Curtis Wright, The hitman who got involved in this whole mess, he was convicted of second-degree murder. So Mark Severs is the husband. He gets his friend, Curtis Wright. Curtis Wright gets his friend, Jimmy Ray Rogers. And finally, Mark Severs is on trial for ordering the hit on his wife.
1: You left out some important facts here. What? Like, Curtis Wright is not just the hitman. He is the best friend And doppelganger. Yeah,
2: they do look exactly alike.
1: Of the defendant, (laughs) which is a a creepy fact here, that he looks just like the man that he is best friends with and looks just like the man who uh, prosecutors say he hired to kill and murder his wife.
2: And before this trial even started, uh, we got some glimpse into the lifestyle of the Seavers. And Vincent, I have to thank you for turning me on to this motion. This is the greatest motion I've ever seen I didn't in my turn life. you on to
1: it. I just handed it to you.
2: Uh, okay, sustained. So, motion in limnae pertaining to defendants' sexual activity. Greatest legal jargon I have ever read. Now, this motion initially was filed by... Mark Seaver's defense team to keep out allegations that the Seavers engaged in a swinging lifestyle. Do you know what? Do you need me to define what swinging lifestyle? I don't need any swing? definitions. Are you sure? I have, I have HBO. Because I just oh, oh, oh I have look HBO. At you, you're so fancy. Okay, an open marriage or swinging. Now that was initially the defense team said let's keep all of this out, but then they retracted the motion. So. We went into this trial thinking it is going to be a free-for-all, sex-positive city. I was very excited, except it, lo- it seemed like this was shut down really early when Curtis Wright testified on cross-examination. This question was asked, and it was all shut down.
5: We had an interesting shift in the conversation. Do you recall what happened in the conversation after that? No for the next three to five minutes. Detective Leavitt asked you about your sexual preference, didn't he? Yes.
3: Objection, relevance. Sustained.
5: Detective Levitt wanted to know if you had a sexual relationship with Mark Seavers, didn't you? Objection, relevance. Sustained. Judgment, we approach?
2: Sure.
1: All right, that was a little unexpected. I, I, you know, the open yeah. open marriage and lifestyle is one thing, and then the hitman is in love with the man who hired him. But I, see,
2: I think you interpreted that different than I did.
1: Really? Yeah. It seemed okay. pretty clear to me what they were asking.
2: No, no. I think you need to get your mind out of the gutter, and I will explain to you, this is how cross-examination works. Okay? You ready?
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to tell me this is how an open marriage works.
2: No, no. I haven't had a marriage, let alone an open one. But uh, there's still hope for me yet, Vincent. Okay, so here's the deal. I really believe, all seriousness, the defense attorney was trying to lay the foundation and just bring out uh, this term sexual relationship. Now, I don't think he meant to point the sexual relationship between Curtis Wright and Mark Seavers, I think he was just laying the foundation to introduce that the Wrights, so Angela Wright, wife of Curtis Wright, so Angela and Wright, husband and wife, you understand what I'm saying, had a relationship with Dr. Teresa Seavers and Mark Seavers, so all of the couples maybe hooked up.
1: Maybe. I, I I don't know if they did, but um, I think for Mark Seavers, <laughs> Excuse me, I'm getting choked up here. I think for Mark Seavers, it would be important um, to come up with some something else that is going on in the life of Curtis Wright that would give him motivation to kill Dr. Teresa Seavers. So if there is some sort of uh, relationship, physical, sexual, yes. emotional relationship that might make a little more sense to the jury in coming up with an alternative reason other than the $5 million in life insurance that Mark Severs would get. And then he would ultimately pay some of that to his best friend who he hired to actually commit the murder. Um, So I think it's an important place for the defense to go, but it seems like they're shut down going there.
2: And we don't know why, because... I know that we've asked our field team and our producers, and no one seems to understand why that line of questioning was shut down, especially because the motion was retracted.
1: Right. And, 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 and part our, of the narrative. Yeah, and Severs, wasn't Severs keeping some sort of, like, personal
2: Yes, little... okay, well, there's a few things. So okay. The one thing I want to point out is that, so Severs, uh, there, he made two initial statements— after the the murder occurred, and he went in voluntarily or whatever, his second statement, which was July first of twenty fifteen, the murder took place on ju- on June twenty eighth. Excuse me, it's so just a few days later. He specifically said that he believed Doctor Teresa Severs, his wife, did not cheat on him, and I was surprised that he said that because. I, I think it works both ways. Like I think he's if he said yeah she was cheating on me, then it would have given someone else motive to kill her. But it also would have made him look like the jealous spouse and right motive.
1: But if you're in an open marriage, can you cheat?
2: Yeah, of course you can. Okay, again, again, you said you didn't want a definition, but I clearly you need a definition. So here's the deal: you can have an open marriage. There's like consent involved, right? So like couple, couple, everybody's consenting. However, if one of the spouses. Steps out and doesn't let the other spouse know, hey, honey, I'm going to go have sex with one of your friends. That is cheating. Okay. Do you understand that? But
1: but my understanding was that Mark Seavers had a journal, and in his journal, he wrote about some fantasies. Uh, that Dr. Teresa Severs allegedly had about his doppelganger best friend slash hitman.
2: All yes, okay. So what? So Mark Severs kept notes in his phone, and he included things about how they weren't having sex enough, and and they were it, like almost a diary of when they had sex. And that also important to note is that the police did recover photos, videos, and Facetime chats of Mark Severs having affairs. Huh. Right. So this, I, I just, my point is that I think he was calculated but maybe mistaken in telling the police half of the truth because he could have used this to help him, help himself.
1: Right, but I, I just want to get to the truth. You know, I don't want to necessarily help a defendant. I just want to get to the truth of, of what's going on. And, and to me, it's not clear what this whole relationship is like. Uh, Mark Severs and his wife, uh, uh, Dr. Teresa Seavers, And Curtis Wright, if there is any involvement, it seems like there's there's little statements here and there that seem to indicate that maybe something was going on. But I want the jury to get a full picture and they're not getting it in this trial. Do
2: you have any idea why they're not like, why was that line of questioning shut down? And since that line of questioning, we have not heard any evidence about their sexual. It seems it it
1: seems it's got to come from Mark Seavers. Okay. He's got to take the stand. If, if they want to get all this stuff in, if they believe that's what was happening and this is gonna uh, uh, shed some light on the truth, then I think it's gotta come from him. But Curtis Wright was was asked it, so he would kind of know it, but he was shut down from well, from answering excuse
2: that. Excuse me, if he had sex with Dr. Teresa Sievers, he would know it.
1: Right, right. But he correct. was he was never don't really... say
2: right, because this this trial makes it so confusing. Right. I have to say, but correct. he was never asked that. Yes, he was never asked that. However. Listen, this is a preview for what's upcoming in the trial, is that Mark Severs could take the stand.
1: Yeah. Well, well, Curtis Wright already did, okay? And one of the things he talked about, this alleged hitman, is his wedding, his wild wedding. Now, you've, you've probably heard a lot of crazy, like, you know, day before or, or just before the wedding bachelor
2: yes, I have. party type
1: stories. Love well, em. this next one is the wildest <laughs> of them all.
0: Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to courttv.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
1: So, Curtis Wright, who's the alleged hitman, best friend, doppelganger of the defendant Mark Sievers, has a wedding. Now, he lives in Missouri. Sievers lives in Florida. The wedding is in Missouri. And Curtis Wright is a man not of a, a ton of means, mm-hmm. okay? Not a lot of money, which is sure. fine. But his, but his best friend, Seavers, because he married Dr. Teresa Seavers, is flush with a little bit more cash. So anyway, Mark Seavers uh, makes the trip to Missouri uh, before the wedding, but Dr. Teresa is not there. She stays home probably because she has to make money.
2: Exactly. has to work. Somebody's got to work. these
1: things. So, so this is the, there's a couple of, really crazy stories associated with the wedding. So I'm going to begin with the wedding day and then take you back to the night before the wedding afterwards, okay? Love it. Okay, so the wedding day, um, Curtis Wright needs to go pick up the meat for the guests for the wedding.
2: Okay, so this is definitely not a vegetarian It's not vegetarian. Menu. He's going to pick All up right. the
1: meat. Now, he couldn't store it at his own home because there was too much meat. He stored it somewhere else. Oh, a lot else. of meat. So he had, to go, he had to go pick it up. And when I say meat, I mean hot dogs.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, it's a, no, I told you. That's not even real meat.
1: It, it's it's a it's a simple. It's actually a nice wedding. It's it's at a park. It's outside. It's a very small oh, gathering. Fun. So it's nice, and and I'm sure Angela, who is getting married to Curtis, was very excited for her wedding day, and and it should have been it should have been the greatest day of her life. Um, but what happens? She's that,
2: regretting it now, aren't you, Angie?
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm. And and what happened that day? Mark Severs gets together with Curtis Wright. Take a listen, because Curtis Wright testified about what their conversation was. And remember, this is on Curtis Wright's wedding day. He's about to devote his life to his bride, and this is what they talk about.
4: Did he ask me to do anything? Um, yeah, we talked about some more. Op- this, really, it was the same options, just brought back up. <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, When we kind of exhausted that, he told me that really the only option that he had was for her to die. Um, And he said that he needed to have her killed. Okay, so on your wedding day, on your drive to pick up
1: meat for your wedding, Mr. Sievers is telling you that he wants to have his wife killed. Yes. He asked me to help him. Not the best wedding gift, okay? (laughs) Soliciting... The groom to be to murder your wife. This is so outrageous and beyond. I can't.
2: Yeah, but hold how on do a you second, do that to your best friend? What are you talking about you wouldn't be soliciting people to kill people if you didn't know that they would kill people. It's not like
1: it's it's so outrageous. I, I, I don't. So do you see this as the wedding gift? Saying, "Listen, I'm soliciting you to do this, and you're going to get a lot of money. Consider that my my wedding gift to you."
2: No, I think it's separate and
1: A separate, so it doesn't count as the <laughs> wedding gift. <laughs> Part of the insurance proceeds from the murder you're no, about to commit but, for me. Okay,
2: but just listen, you need some context here. Okay, Curtis Wright, at that point, was a convicted felon.
1: And and computer consultant for the Seavers uh, uh, family uh, medical practice.
2: That's right. That's right. So the point is, Mark Sievers already had in his mind, if I'm going to do this, I need someone like Curtis Wright to help me.
1: All right. C- could he wait till after the honeymoon, maybe?
2: Why? Why are you so stuck on this wedding thing? Because
1: I think it's outrageous. I think it's outrageous. And and
2: okay, friends don't ask
1: friends on their wedding day to kill their wives. But general rule I have,
2: Curtis Wright.
1: General rule wasn't
2: offended. Why are you?
1: I think, well, what do you think the relationship okay, is between these two wait, guys? Just, wait, th- just, wait, just think- wait, just wait, just wait,
2: just wait, just wait. Listen, just a perfect example. Okay, it's your last example. time out. Perfect example. You're, it's, you, it's your wedding day, right? So I come to the wedding, hey, Vinny, congratulations. Okay. And then I say, hey, Vin. By the I've way, got it was a great, great wedding, p- my wedding. I'm sh- I-
1: festival seating.
2: I'm festival uh, no, no, really? no, This is the thing. What it was, was it an experiment. Like 1976? When it was, was an your experiment
1: wedding? I did because at that point in my life, I was going to a lot of weddings. And what I noticed was
2: You've DJed your own wedding.
1: I did, sort of. (laughs) So what I noticed at the weddings I was going to is that you get assigned seats. Okay. And you go to this wedding and you interact with just four people or five people for the whole wedding because you're stuck in that seat. So I said, I don't want that. I want festival seating, so no assigned seats at my wedding. I want you to sit oh, that's here nice. get, well in theory on paper it was okay. nice. but you know what happens? What human nature. <laughs> People dug in. they took off their jackets and like reserved their chairs. Oh. they didn't want it was it was it was funny, but my father made fun of me at the wedding for doing that. Anyhow, okay.
2: So this is my point. Just, just hear me. Okay. So let's say I go to your wedding, whatever, and we're at the reception. I'm just like, hey, Vinny. So, and and I'm of course like getting drunk, and you're drinking like club soda, like a loser. And so I say to you, hey, Vin, there's this great uh, TV documentary. I want you to do this with me. What do you think? And you're like, hey, thanks for thinking of me, Seema. That's a really nice. Gesture for you to think of me and give me a job opportunity where I will make money. That is the same thing that happened at Curtis Wright's wedding. So stop being so judgmental.
1: Okay. Can I tell you what Move happens? Move on. What happens at an Italian wedding? We don't have that conversation. You just give me an envelope and you give it to the bride. Okay. She walks around and everybody gives us envelopes. You know, all these other people, like they register for blenders and toast. No, an Italian wedding, you get cash because that's oh, I like what that. the bride and groom need. All right. Need.
2: Okay. Um, you know what? All right. Set up. Now, I'm marrying an Italian. Exactly. Go ahead.
1: Now, let me talk about the night before the wedding. Not my wedding, but the <laughs> Curtis Wright wedding, okay?
2: I beg. <laughs> I would <laughs> beg if you would, but I know you never would.
1: So this, is, and, and, and it, there was a lot of reporting on this, and there was a huge document dump, and one of the reporters said in the document dump, there was an interview of Angela Wright, okay? And Angela Wright, the new bride of yeah. Curtis Wright, was asked, did you ever sleep? with Mark Seavers, okay? And according to the report from the documents, her answer to investigators was, I don't think so. I drank a lot the night before the wedding, and they look a lot alike.
2: I don't know what to say to this. But, but, but <laughs> this
1: gets back to our point that we were just talking about, which is the lifestyle, Which what exactly is going on. And to me, if that question was, if that reporting is accurate and that question was asked and that's the way it was answered, this opens up a whole different perspective on the case because it now becomes all about the relationships between all these people. And could there be a a motivating factor outside of money and insurance that would cause one person to want to kill another person? And when you start talking about emotions and sex, I think you start to get into that area. That that is fair game.
2: So does Angela Wright need to testify?
1: I think so. I
2: think so, too.
1: And in the defense is the one that needs to call her. The defense, absolutely. The defense has to subpoena and call her. Because if she's going to testify about something like that, if if she's going to say a statement like that, that all of a sudden gives me a whole different view of what was going on at the wedding and what is going on in terms of the relationships between these consenting adults.
2: And uh, here is a bit of a preview, and that is the defense has indicated perhaps they're going to call Curtis Wright. Yeah. Again.
1: Yeah. Get get them on the stand. There's. I think the thing with this trial is I don't think we know. And again, I always want the truth. I want the jury to hear the truth. I want them to hear as much as possible. And I feel like they've 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 got half the story right now about what's really going on amongst all these people. And I don't believe you can you can judge what happened in this case until you get that full picture. So. It may be incumbent upon the defense to do that.
2: But the more this trial focuses on Curtis Wright, and then let's say Jimmy Ray Rogers comes in and testifies, or Rogers' ex-girlfriend, Taylor Showmaker, she testified at his trial, what if she testifies? This is all getting farther and farther away, in my opinion— from Mark Severs, from the Mark but
1: well, I think the defense, but I think the prosecution has a very uh, a streamlined case that it's about money, it's about the cell phones, and 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 that was all the motivation. We got these secret communications between Severs and his best friend in in being able to have this whole thing happen. But I think from the defense perspective and from the truth perspective, to fully evaluate the case and evaluate a hitman, because, you know, anyone who's committed a murder and testifies, they take all their testimony with a grain of salt. So I want the complete picture. And I don't think the jury has the complete picture yet to to pass judgment on whether or not Curtis Wright is telling the truth.
2: Speaking of the jury, (laughs) in most of these trials that we've had on Court TV, our focus is the defendant or the lawyers, or there's some witness that we're all enamored with or we focus on. But in this trial, Florida versus Severs, there has been a tremendous focus on the jury. We're going to talk about that and why next. of crazy issues with the jury
1: i know i know it happens from time to time it happens uh craziest jury i ever dealt with was the scott peterson jury but uh things that have happened here very unusual. why were they
2: crazy well
1: scott peterson during deliberations the foreperson the foreman had like a stack of of notes so everyone was like oh this guy's you know he's gonna be the leader there was a mutiny. An actual mutiny where they voted him out during deliberations because really? he wasn't cooperating with the rest of the jury. So they got rid of the four person. Unbelievable. Then the jury, oh, wow. well, um, there was um, uh, Mark Garrigas. Had this um, boat that he used as a piece of evidence, okay. and the jury got to view it. But they didn't just view it; they were like jumping on the boat and seeing if it would tip <laughs> over. But it was in a parking garage. And then finally, there—really, yeah—then finally, there, there was one more juror who got uh, booted during deliberations. Who did some, and this remember you're going back in time, back to the early uh, 2000s. Uh, She did some Internet research Mm -hmm. and, and, I guess, owned up to it. So she had to be booted as well. So two jurors actually got tossed during deliberations while they were sequestered at the embassy suites.
2: At the embassy suites. okay. well, this I think the judge in this case is trying to keep order, keep the case moving, protect the jury. It really started off very early on in the trial with his reprimanding of the lawyers. Listen to this.
5: It's not my business if people want to beat a dead horse on each side and I think both sides have made their point but if you guys want to alienate the jury that's between each of you um, I think the defense made their point that there were several that it was a redacted version or truncated version that was entered and you said you're going to enter yours in during your ch- case in chief which is fine um, but if you got you I think you made your point with the first 10 and the state yielded state made their point with the 6,000 pages. They mentioned, you want to go through this. This is fine, but I'll tell you what is my business that we're going to finish this trial on, on time. And if that means we stay to midnight and I break my promise to the jury, I'm going to do it because we're going to finish this trial on time. And if this is any indication of how every, every witness is going to be pack your dinner, because we're going to start
2: staying late. Pack your dinner.
1: Well, can I can I tell you the, the the impact this has? Number one on the jury, right? Mm. Working late, uh, they're going to be tired. It becomes more difficult to try the case. And then, who is the last anchor standing every day at court TV? Because we don't leave till the jury leaves. That would be me.
2: I well, it, it, and I'm a little nervous too because I sometimes fill in for you.
1: Right, and but, you
2: know I'm not a night person. I'm not good at night. But
1: here's the good news, I'll folks. I'll fall asleep if I get tired. SEMA actually lives very close. <laughs> To the,
2: to the studio.
1: I'm not going to tell you exactly where she... But she lives close by. Yeah, yeah. So in a pinch, like, all oh, right, yeah. Vinny's been on for four and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> let's Good get Seema back over here. Exactly. <laughs> do you wear curlers at night?
2: No, but you know what's really funny? So what I do is I don't take my makeup off till after you go off the air. Because I always just... You know, I mean, our, our listeners know about... Uh, or do you just
1: like to dress up for the Uber Eats guy?
2: <laughs> no, no, but our listeners know that you have uh, diabetes. Beities. Type one. Yeah. Type yeah. one. No, the good We told don't, don't, don't them. We don't we have to yeah, go okay. all into it again. Right. But the point is, because of that, you're always ready. And because you're my friend. And uh, yeah. And I'm on. And, and, and I you appreciate know, it. I, yeah. I and it's you something
1: do. else I'm thankful for this time oh, of year. Oh,
2: absolutely. I know that. So what I do is I just go home and I put on my little nightgown, but I keep all my makeup on just in case I get called in. Okay. So the judge is really, he's trying to move this along. He's just. He has to because Christmas know. is but, coming. And, and this is why, I'm telling you, this is why. Guys, you've got to watch this trial, and especially I know on closing arguments, you guys do a lot of these uh, mashups of the judge. The judge is so funny; his face, the way he gets annoyed, it's just so great. So please check us out, or check out like our videos on courttv.com. Okay, so now he's trying to move this along, and then there an issue pops up, and you were talking about that uh, the Peterson case with the note taking, right? All right, well this popped up check it out
5: I will note for the record when they were leaving all, our alternate one of our alternates was saying there were notes on the back two pages of his pad that looked substantially thick saying that notes hadn't been destroyed I don't know if that's every once in a while you get a juror who writes on the back and so I guess uh, that might have been missed at another trial or I or someone was doodling in it uh, we'll make sure that when this Comes back tomorrow that he he can indicate which pages aren't his and we'll take them out and destroy them whatever they are.
2: What was that?
1: Th- this is insanity. Okay, <laughs> because they are taking notebooks. From other trials and giving them to jurors in new trials. Without
2: st- checking them first.
1: Right. And, and instead of just going to the dollar store because you can and spending $12 for a death penalty case to give a brand new notebook to the jurors, they're reusing ones. And they're, they're supposed to rip out the pages and destroy them. So apparently some pages weren't destroyed. What makes this even worse is that the trial that the notes were from. Yeah. Is the same case. Jimmy Rogers was tried for the same murder. So the jury from the Jimmy Rogers case wrote notes in their notebook. Those notebooks were then given to this jury, and at least one juror here got notes from the prior jury. I mean it's not like this is
2: like a sitcom.
1: It's 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 insane. And it's a twelve dollar fix.
2: Okay. $12
1: $12 is all it takes to fix this problem. Don't tell me about budgets. You know
2: what, though? Actually, I bet it's cheaper because sometimes in the dollar store, you get those little notebooks, those reporter notebooks for like 50 cents.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you buy in
5: bulk. You, okay. This is insane. Okay,
2: wait. <laughs> but then it's not over. It's not over. This happened next.
5: I've got to ask all of you to do me a favor. I've been a judge almost 13 years, and I had something unusual happen yesterday. Uh, We obviously reuse all our pads with our jury uh, panels, so we save money, and we rip out the notes and shred them. Um, Apparently, someone took it upon themselves in a previous jury trial to write on the last two pages, even though it was a full pad, and left some notes in there with one of our jurors. So I would ask that you each look through your pad and make sure there's no other notes, and if there are, don't read them and let me know.
2: So then someone else found notes, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Another juror. Two people. Another juror had notes from a a jury that was hearing the same case, but a different defendant. So it's a different trial, same case.
2: Every time I look at the judge's face, Judge Kyle, I am worried he's going to stroke out. He's going to vein out and he's going to choke someone. He can't handle this anymore. It's too much. Right. Okay. So wait, it's not over with the juror issues. All right. Something else happened. And I think this is something that's happened to a lot of lawyers. Let's listen to this.
5: The bailiffs uh, let me know that looked like he was struggling to stay awake at some point uh, this afternoon. I watched him. I don't think he fell asleep, but he sure was struggling. So I'm letting both sides know in case you think I do need, need to make an inquiry and also so both sides can keep their eye on him as well. And uh, if we need to approach it any time at a later day
2: falling asleep juror
1: yeah this this unfortunately is not 100% um uncommon it it can happen but to me that is more a reflection of the way the case is being tried
2: i completely agree rather than the juror instead of talking about so many witnesses like taylor showmaker and angela Wright bring in Angela Wright play Taylor Showmaker's interview or bring her in bring in live witnesses instead of all of these cops talking about testimony and they're doing it in such a slow manner they're losing this jury
1: right and 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 things you know things have picked up incredibly during different parts of this trial but you have to have I think as 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 the person trying the case, you've got to have the pulse of the of the case and the pulse of the jury to keep their attention. And if you lose one who's falling yes. asleep, that, yes. that's not good. And that means you whatever s- you're doing is not resonating. And
2: when you say pulse, I think rhythm. You have to keep the energy up. You have to keep a rhythm. You have to keep them engaged. And uh, this is what I'm hoping, Vinny. Okay. So Thanksgiving. We're all going to have, like, lots of turkey and tryptophan, and we're going to be very well rested, and everyone's going to be ready to go next week. No,
1: Here's the problem. Bigger. Here's the problem. What if that juror has leftover turkey?
2: <laughs> turkey sandwich. Right? And,
1: and, and turkey he's making sandwich. turkey sandwiches and bringing them into the jury room. In the afternoon, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I'm telling you.
2: Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. That's we next shall week. See, but uh, so happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We are very thankful for you.
1: We are thankful for you. And and you know what? If you if you like the podcast, you, you would love Court TV itself. If you haven't seen the network, we relaunched this spring. Uh, if you have a digital antenna, rescan it, okay? Take the holiday break to take the, <laughs> the digital antenna and rescan it because our signal is now flying uh, in the air across America, almost everywhere. So chances are you have <laughs> That's right. Us. We're everywhere and, now. And, and you may not even know it. So that's all I have to say about
2: Happy that. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
1: Thanksgiving.
0: This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.